0: Alright, hey guys, it's Daniel and I've got none other than Kevin Gucher, the absolute forceful sound, the voice of, of Gods and Monsters. Kevin, how you doing today, brother? Alright,
1: how you doing, man?
0: Man, I'm doing great, dude. It's It's an awesome day, dude. Not only is it Friday the 13th, but I'm getting to talk to one of the best vocalists I've heard in a long time, man.
1: Well, I appreciate that. To me, there's lots of great vocalists, and as far as it being... Friday the 13th, some people think that that's an unlucky day. I love the number 13. I have never, ever had bad luck on any Friday the 13th. And you know what? You know what's extra lucky about today?
0: What's that? Is I get to be here with you. Oh, man. See, that's what I'm talking about. A lot of people don't understand this, but you know, I, I know you outside of, of Gods and Monsters. I, yeah. I've hung out with you at uh, a couple bars a couple times and— yeah. We've been through a and Spinal Tap fun. moment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, we've had Spinal Tap moments, and then we've had really fun, fun moments yeah. all all in the same evening.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I won't tell anybody about the karaoke contest going on. Oh, at... dude. That was fun. We can talk about that. I have no problem. You know, my wife, she uh, she's never really been a starstruck person or somebody who knows how the lifestyle is inside music and introducing her to you guys. Number one, she's a huge ACDC fan. So Simon was an absolute. And then, (laughs) and then going to a karaoke bar with you guys, she was like, (laughs) she's like, they're just normal people. I was like, yeah, I mean, they take a piss the same way I do, except for, you know, some of them stand on one leg and hop. (laughs) It's
1: all about making sure the zipper's down before you let her rip.
0: <laughs> and, and you know what? if you' if you're too much Oz'd out, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> well, some people can't keep a good stream and spray the hell everywhere. Right? <laughs> bastards, Get it off my shoe.. <laughs>
1: well,
0: hey man, you know that night, it let let's, let's start from the beginning when I showed up at that uh, venue. Dude, it was a shit show. Yeah, dude. Dude,
1: when we rolled up and we got and we saw that there were, I mean, there were what fifty cars out there in front and back. There was about fifty cars. There was at least that many, if not more, people inside the venue already. And like you know, when when a national act comes to a venue to play, you don't get to (laughs) the 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 sound check is closed. Right, closed. Because we may do things and say things that we don't want the public to hear, you know. Like we might curse about a bunch of stuff. We don't right. want the public to hear hear all that. That's our own business, taking care of business. You exactly. Know? And you get up on you get up on the stage, and you're wanting to do the sound check. It might not sound too great for the first song because you know the Every- everybody's got to get their their sound on stage yep. and the 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 uh, the PA engineer you know sound guy he's got he's got to get the sound of the band going on you know before it's going to sound good or I, I i don't care who you are every band sounds like a garage band that yeah. first song during sound check that's just the way that it is you know exactly so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you're led zeppelin or, or acdc right or metallica you that first song always sounds like crap you know anyway so you know we get there and there's like what seventy people inside the freaking yeah. club, and there was a band on stage jamming. I get they were checking, they were checking the gear. But here's the deal: when the headliner walks in, nobody should be on that stage. Exactly. Nobody. That's just disrespectful to the headliner, to yeah. the guys that are you know headlining the event. So it was a weird, a weird situation right off the bat, dude. It was yeah.
0: strange. Well, that guitar player mouthing off and uh you know your guys's road manager going hey when you guys gonna be done so we can do our sound check and he goes we'll be done when we're done like yeah. no dude that's not how this works <laughs> i mean you, you you know you know my wife she, oh
1: yeah she, well i mean she she in the past and and with of gods and monsters she does a lot of the booking she definitely does a lot of the like um uh state uh, not stage manager but tour manager type stuff right. you know she's the one who goes in to get paid when it's time for us to get paid if there's shit not rolling right oh she'll she'll be the first one to step up and go hey 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 right. you know yeah, we yeah, got to get this it. right <laughs> yeah, and, she, and she didn't like that comment at all coming from that guy she, yeah. <laughs> those guys she 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 told that guy look uh of gods and monsters are here are here do you want to be on the show tonight or not
0: <laughs> exactly and, and, and so you know you
1: know I, she's I not don't, one to fool around with for sure
0: <laughs> exactly well i don't i don't see your wife who you know is just a, a lovely person and my wife and her get along so well absolutely i don't They're see her sweetheart. Oh, they both are and, and, until you piss them off
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly but, you know and you know the, the sad thing is is you know i i feel bad because my wife is she is a sweet a very sweet person oh yeah but you push her to that point and then she ain't sweet no more
0: right you know? it's done but i
1: don't i i think that when i when we we first met and you know she she had been working with some other bands you know helping them book and things like that uh you know but when she got involved with me and the bands that i i was working in it was just a different a different I don't know level of things And it's just more intense. And so she has learned to become a whole lot more intense over the years when it comes to those kinds of situations, you know?
0: Exactly. Well, I I hope she doesn't go to the level of, you know, Sharon Osbourne headbutting people and stuff
1: like that. (laughs) You know, she's not above it. And, you know, back before before I was even with Omen, man, I mean, I tell this story a lot because I think it's funny. You know, we used to go out and and party every weekend. Well, now we have – kids and things like that we don't go out party every weekend we do like to go out and we do like to party you have seen it i have so yeah you know we we can have a good time for sure but i mean there was one night we came into a, a little small bar there in dallas which was our hometown dallas texas and uh one that i would play pretty regularly just doing weekend warrior stuff uh anyway uh her and uh, we were there with another couple and that girl that was a part of the other couple was her good friend at the, at the time they used to, we used to hang out a lot. Anyway, some chick mouthed off to the the two girls, my wife and her, and there they were jumping and literally jumping over pool tables to get to that chick. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like any rocker girls, you know, they're just not going to put up with the bullshit. Right. So, you know, they're the sweetest girls in the world until you cross that line.
0: (laughs) You know, I, I have been around, uh, people who are, you know, tour managers and, and to that effect. And the, I'll be honest with you. The sweetest, meanest person I've ever come across was Sharon Osborne. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I mean, but look, look at her
1: dude. I mean, look at, look at all of, look at her level of success, which is that she's top dog as far as, you know, managers, whether it's male or female, yeah. she is one of the big, big, big ones. She's a big dog. You know, can you imagine all the bullshit she has had to <laughs> handle over oh, the yeah. years? I mean, just all the stupid stuff that well, Ozzy, it wasn't going to be his gig. Right. You know, he would, he'd mumble and fumble through that, yep. you know, but Sharon, oh, you know, She'll
0: no shit Sharon know. is who
1: she is. <laughs> Takes no shit.
0: Well, you know, my, my favorite story about Sharon uh, I was at a concert it was in Kansas City and Ozzy had sold out in like three days something right. just really awesome just crazy right? yeah and yeah. the promoter was like I'm not paying you for the promotion of this show and she's like what <laughs> he goes uh-huh. he goes it sold out in three days you're not getting any more money from me she jumped in the air and headbutted the dude and broke his nose and she goes deserved- where's my money <laughs>
1: Right. Here's the deal. If, if he sold out that quick, then that means her promotional work worked even better right. than what that guy thought it, thought it should.
0: Right. And, and it's not like they stopped promoting the show. They promoted right. it all the way up to date of the show. So it was just, I'm, I'm sending one. Wow. You're, awesome and i don't want to piss you off
1: (laughs) right but you know that dude what a dumbass because we're talking about a guy who sold out yeah which that means you get maximum you get the most maximum money then that you could get because if it doesn't sell out you get less money you know because of ticket sales right you know what how stupid could that guy be
0: well (laughs) that's just that's idiotic to me Exactly. But you know, people, people are that stupid. I mean, I don't know why. Oh, Hey, you got to see it
1: up front and up close with my bad. Yeah. You know, a a promoter spent all that money to bring us (laughs) to Dallas to play. And then didn't have the gear that we needed, which would only have been a fraction of what he, he, you know, he paid us to play. Yeah. We got paid, but we didn't play because he didn't have what we needed there to do the gig. Well,
0: and and you know, I'm I'm sitting there at that gig uh scrambling to try to find a drum kit for Simon. Yeah. And
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm like there there's not one available cuz all the drummers I know were out playing that night. I'm like going Right. Oh, Jesus. The day before the 4th, July the 3rd, yep. okay? And it was
1: it's a Saturday, July the <laughs> 3rd, and I mean we went to every we went we actually even called Guitar Center thinking, Hey man, maybe they'll have what we need. Need. We'll just rent it from there so that we can play. We called all of our friends, just like you, you helped us call everyone just to try and find the gear that we needed so that we could do the gig, you know? Uh, You know, and and to me here, I felt like a huge chump. I brought, you know, as far as I'm concerned, major rock stars from Los Angeles, California to come play in Dallas, Texas, flew them in. You know, we've, we've flown in. We've, we've we're prepared we're ready to kick some ass and take some names
0: and then that you know (laughs) right but then again the eight people at the karaoke bar got a hell of a show (laughs) yeah they did
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know after that i felt i felt so bad because you know uh of gods and monsters it i take care of you know, a lot of the business, and, right? You know, all, mostly all the business. You know, between my, my my myself and my wife, and then Ira and and his girlfriend Jessica, you know, any of the business stuff usually gets taken care of between the four of us. Right. So, you know, there I've got Bjorn and Simon and Ira. We're not going to get to play. Man, I felt bad because I'm the guy who set most of that. Right. That gig up and I'm like, oh,
0: you know. So what did
1: I do? I was like, okay, I'm taking my boys out and we're gonna
0: go get drunk. <laughs> and, dude, it was it was the best time. And it's, I just so many yeah. people don't ever get to see that side of a band. Uh you know, the uh Atomic Kings was was there. Yeah. And, and
1: that they're a bunch <laughs> of great guys. Oh, too, they are.
0: You know? And those guys, uh, Jimmy and Ken, were going back and forth with each other uh, with Glenn Campbell songs, <laughs> you know? And it's like, you'll never, you will never see that again in your lifetime. No. And, and I,
1: if you could videotape it, man, it'd be, it'd oh, be
0: like YouTube gold. Right? And I, I was sitting there and... and uh, Amy took a few pictures and I'm sitting there, and she goes, should I record this? I'm like, no, cause this is going to come back and haunt them. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it was such a great time. And a lot of people don't get that privilege, but
1: yeah, well, you know, and it's funny because, you know, here, here's the deal. Like before we, we, uh, you know, when we accepted the the gig there in Dallas, yeah. you know, Simon had come up to me, he goes, look, man, I don't want to do any meet and greets. We've got the COVID thing going on. I uh, I'm an older guy, you know, he's only one year older than me, but he goes, I'm an older guy and I don't, you know, I don't want, uh, you know, I don't want any, I don't want to catch it. I don't want, you know, right. I don't want to give it, I, you know, we just need to kind of stay away. I was like, cool dude. What, you know, however you want to do this, that's the way that we're going to do it you know so i was real real surprised when i was like hey yeah there's i got friends going over to a karaoke bar y'all want to go and hang out we can we can stay as long as you want or as not as long as you want (laughs) we can be there 15 minutes and come back if you're not happy whatever yeah let's go so we go and you know like you said man How often does that kind of thing really go on? Usually not. You know, a lot of a lot of bands end up at the hotel bar because they don't really know where to go in whatever given city that they're in. So that stuff does happen, but it's usually at the hotel bar.
0: Yeah, and okay, so another part of that day that was really awesome on our way to the karaoke bar, uh, I stopped by and saw the uh, Abbotts uh, gravesite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean yeah. and that's first boys. time I, yeah, that's the first time I ever got to see it. And I was like, all right, you know, I gotta stop and see this. So yeah. Uh, that was pretty that was pretty impressive. And it's then, cool. It is. I uh, haven't been there since Vinny
1: passed on because you know, I live in California now right. and every time I go to Dallas, it's such a wham bam, thank you, man, get you know, get in there, get out of there kind yep. of thing. So I haven't seen Vinny's tombstone, but you know, I've I've visited Dime Bags yeah. a lot,
0: you know. Yeah, and, and you know both those guys are really good guys. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You, can, oh, yeah. you, you, you cannot say enough good stuff about uh, Dime or Vinny. Vinny was, you know, he, okay. He was a little bit of an asshole sometimes. Sometimes, but, but you know, he, he was business sense. Right, right. So right, it, it it was justifiable. Whereas Dime, he was business sense, but after we finish this fifth Jake Daniels, well, then we'll talk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, both those guys like to drink a lot, and oh, you know, yeah. Melanie and I. Melanie and I used to own a nightclub in Dallas called the Underworld. We only had it for about a year, but I mean, those guys—they came in. I remember, (laughs) I remember our door guy didn't know them the first time that they came in, was trying to charge them, and there I was, you know, at the DJ booth. No, 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 no. (laughs) Those guys get in free and they drink free all night long, you know, all night long. So, you know, yeah, dude, and talk about, you know, great guys humble for the most part, they knew their worth. Don't get me wrong. They knew their worth, but you know, they, they weren't, they never acted like they were better than you. They, you know, which is, you know, uh, I, for me, I, you know, I look at guys like that who have made it and they've made a lot of money Mm -hmm. playing music and they're on top of the world. I look at guys like that and I, that's the way that I need to be too. You know, I don't, you know, I don't, it's it's people like that that you you look at and you go okay that's a good that's a good example of what a real rock star should act like. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So,
0: yeah. And you know, so so many people they get caught up in the whole uh, fanfare thing, and it, it burns them in the ass because now you know you, you they think I can't go out in public, I can't do this, I can't do that, and it's like man, you just got nowhere to go. Right. Well,
1: but the the other part of that is is. You know, and I've seen this up close and personal. I used to work for, I'm, I'm going to keep it nameless, uh, uh, a rock star. I mean, a big rock star. Uh, he had his own drum company, and I, I used to help him with, with it. And, uh, man, I saw he has so many yes men attached to him uh-huh. that, you know, when you've got so many people telling you how great you are all the time, this, that, and the other your whole perspective on life can change if you hear it enough right. he's definitely one of those guys that you know that has happened to and and melanie and i both tried you know we would do our best to, to gra- try and ground him but after you know being in the business 30 plus years that's a lot of deprogramming yeah you know? it is and so you know i've seen both sides of it i've seen and don't get me wrong it's not that he's not a nice guy but he had, he always had that attitude, uh, air about him that he was better. Right. You know, and you could just tell. And uh, I always, it always, you know, rubbed me a little wrong because I, I just want to tell him, look, bro, you bleed red blood just like me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're all in this boat together,
0: really. You know? Exactly. But
1: so, yeah, I've seen both sides of it, you yeah. know, I've it, seen the really cool uh, grounded down to earth rock stars. And I mean people that have played in front of 50,000 people at a festival mm-hmm. per show or whatever. And, you know, and I've seen, seen the ones that, that have done, have the same, the same, uh, achievements, but they just act, I don't know that way. Like right. they're just better. And well, now, I,
0: I don't get it. Now see to put this in uh in, in perspective for myself, I I used to work at uh, Kemper Arena in Kansas City, uh-huh. yeah. And Garth Brooks was there, and he would ride his bicycle around the co- uh, concourse, and yeah. you know if he saw you standing there, he would he would stop and talk to you. Yeah, very cool about it. And I thought, yeah. well, wow, that's that's kind of a one off thing, you know, whatever. But then uh, I can't remember. Uh, Phil Collins came in, mm-hmm. and. I was. I've always been a Genesis fan, right? Same even, here. even when Peter Peter Gabriel was with him. I was. a yeah, I was same a fan,
2: here.
0: right? So he comes in, does a sound check, and I'm standing back here by where his uh, stretch van is, and <laughs> he goes, "Walk by, I said, "I said, I said, how you doing?" Because you know me, I don't stroke anybody's ego when I'm talking to him. Yeah. And uh, he looks at me and he goes, "He goes, oh, are you the water boy?" I'm like uh, fuck no. <laughs> and he just got in his little vehicle and took off. I'm like, all right, man. I said, you know what? That's okay. It's cool. You might be having a bad day, whatever. Right. So let it slide. You know, that's, that's that. But yeah. then again, you know,
1: you're... it's just, it's just crazy, you know?
0: Yeah, it it's is. Just crazy. But when you ne-
1: you never can tell till you meet them yep. how they're going to be. Yeah. But, you know, uh, my biggest, influence as far as being a singer as far as being a human being the way that you treat people uh stage persona everything the the biggest one for me is ronnie james dio he oh, has God, always yes. been that been that guy for me I, I i was i was lucky enough to meet him three separate times in my life the the uh, and and actually got to open up for dio one time in my life my it was for my birthday and my wife booked. this is when i was with a band called uh phantom x i don't know if you remember that band or not it was but that anyway our very first show as phantom x my wife had had booked got us booked on the show opening up for ronnie james dio and it was like a birthday present to me. And it was like one of the best birthday presents I ever ah. got in my life. But, uh, you know, the very first time I, I ever got to meet him, uh, it was at the Bronco Bowl. I got backstage <laughs> and uh, I think Melanie had a hand in that as well. But Sebastian Bach opened up the show. Okay. Uh, it was a really great, great show. But, I mean, talk about one of the most cordial and he he treats his fans with the utmost respect i mean he doesn't leave the meet and greet area till everyone has shook shaking his hand and he's at least talked at least talked two minutes with them at least you know he is not one of those guys that just or wasn't one of those guys that would just oh hey good to meet you and then on to the next you know
0: Well, uh, just a great guy. A good a good friend of mine, uh, Terry Dunn from Banshee. Uh huh. uh, He uh, he told me he goes, man. He goes, I met Dio when they came to Kansas City, and he goes, we sat on a couch and just talked for. He said he goes, it seemed like hours because it was actually like fifteen minutes. He goes, but that's fifteen minutes of my life that I got to sit and talk with Bronnie James Dio. I'm saying right exactly, and And that fifteen minutes that's probably.
1: (laughs) 15 of the greatest moments of his life. It would have exactly. been for me, you know? Well,
0: and yeah, I, I never got the chance to meet Dio, which I regret, but you know, it is what it is. And being in radio, man, I get to meet so many cool people and yeah. <laughs> of gods and monsters, man. Okay. So you have a new lineup that's going on, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. You got You want Ira? me to talk about this. Hell okay. Yes, man. Let's go. You got Ira, <laughs> you got Simon, and you got born
1: yeah dude uh you know i am so excited about this group of guys uh you know yeah. uh, like like before and don't get me wrong i had dean Casanova, i had tim gaines and i had uh, 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 uh joey Tapoya. okay right and talk about great guys and great musicians but that doesn't mean it gels the way you want it to gel. In right. other words, the chemistry between the band members is the way that you want it to be. And it wasn't a bad chemistry. Don't get me wrong. You know, but when I, the first time I played with Ira and Bjorn and Simon, it was like an instantaneous, ding, yeah. you know, you, you heard the just, choir and the
0: heavens opened. And...
1: Oh man. <laughs> you know, it was weird. It, you know, I hadn't felt that, uh, working with other guys in other bands that i've been in i haven't felt that in a really really long time right so it was you know it was uh it was very cool and the music that uh that that we have what we're doing ira black wrote most of the songs well he wrote he wrote all the music for all the songs on the new record and he wrote the lyrics and melody lines for two of them and then the rest of them, you know, I, I put I put lyrics to what he had. So uh, that's something that I have, I don't think I've ever done ever in my career was, well, I take that back. You know, with Omen, it was all about the, the guitarist would write the music and then I would just write the lyrics to everything. Yeah. So I haven't really done that since being with, with Omen. But this music, you know, with this particular project, I was like, you know um, it's basically it it started out as a solo project for me so i was my idea Iology from the beginning was okay i'm gonna i'm gonna write all this music i'm gonna do it all myself i can do this i can do this you know so that was my headspace going into this but when i heard what ira was bringing to the table i was like holy shit you know (laughs) this is freaking badass and so i i told him i was like look dude if you've got more we'll just do your music i don't have to you know i'll just write lyrics or whatever because what you're bringing to the table is is premium badass grade a number one heavy freaking metal you know
0: exactly
1: that's where we're at i'm really excited about the guy you know each each member kind of puts their own little stamp on what we have going on which is that's what happens in most bands you know unless unless it's a cover band and you're trying to sound like somebody else you bring in what you do but but the pedigree that's with the with this project i mean with i mean you're talking simon wright i mean he is one of my all-time favorite drummers ever you know and i get to jam with him
0: (laughs) that's crazy cool
1: but yeah but to hear him do what he does to these songs Oh wow, same thing with Bjorn and of course Ira, you know, he wrote this music. Probably no one knows this music better than him, you know.
0: Yeah. So And and let's face wow. it, Ira Ira is a scary-looking dude. But one of the oh, nicest dude. people in the world. He's just a sweetheart, dude. He's a sweetheart. I mean, he's but, like what, seven foot twelve or something?
1: Oh, he's a tall guy. You know, he, he towers over the rest of us for sure. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the like the promo picture that we have of the band, the latest one. Yeah. I mean, we were literally like, Pyra, you gotta take off those elevator boots because you're already a foot <laughs> taller than the rest of us. You know? But he you know,
0: I got I got to talk to him a little bit at uh the Spinal Tap the, show and yeah, Dallas. the venue. Yeah. We'll just call it the venue. <laughs> There's a lot of names we have for it right now, but <laughs> but you know it's yeah. funny because it wasn't really the club's fault.
1: It was the you know this this promoter guy that was putting on the oh, show. Yeah. Was his, no the
0: know. the venue the venue was a cool place. Uh, the the dude that was that should have had the backline together. Yeah, yeah. Wasted the money on alcohol, it seemed. I Yeah,
1: I you know, I don't I know he's been in this Dallas scene for a long, long time. I've known him for probably well, since like eighty four. Yeah. Nineteen eighty four. That's how long I've known this guy, you know, and for it for it to go down that way, I would think over the over the, the course of that many years you would have learned how to do what you're trying to do to the right. best of your ability.
0: And <laughs> it, it didn't, it didn't show that day. No. Well, what was really funny was, uh, you know, Amy posted something about it. And the, who did, uh, Amy, my wife. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, okay. She, she posted something about the show and how it, it just didn't work out. She, she yeah. said nothing bad. And the promoter's brother jumped in. He goes, well, I offered, you know, my $8,000 drum kit and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, after they already canceled.
1: Yeah, dude. After, you know, you know. <laughs> come on. I mean, it just blew my mind that we spent three hours, which was our allotted time to do a sound check. We yeah. spent that entire time just trying to track down the gear that we needed. Yeah. You my, know, and I was just like, wow. You know, wow.
0: The greatest statement that was made was made by uh, Greg Chason. He, yeah he goes he goes i looked at that bass amp and thought man am i supposed to just prop my foot on that <laughs> like, yeah well, it yes. was nothing
1: but a, it
0: was nothing but a step stool right right you know? i'm like
1: uh, yeah, and that and that, that the problem is is that you, you know as a local band you can use a certain type of gear and you know that you're going to be playing every week yep. so you don't want to bring a big you know four by 12 or two four by 12 cabinets and all, you know, you just don't want to lug that crap around it. I understand that because yeah. I've been there. I've, 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 I've played plenty of local shows, you know? Yeah. Uh, but when you're in a national situation, you have to have the application that gets a certain sound that, right. that does a certain thing for you. You know, you, you, you spend hours and hours and hours cultivating this sound using certain compressors certain this certain that and when you get up on stage you don't want your your sound to sound like something else you want it to sound like what you created that you spent all those hours you know building exactly and 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 p and a lot of promoters just don't get it they like oh hell you know they can play this yamaha kit is yamaha a good brand absolutely is that kit uh, a killer kit yeah is it the kit that that drummer needs to play? No. Right. Because that's not what he plays on. You know, it's not set up the way he's used to it being set up, which means he's probably not going to play as well that night. If he has to use it. Exactly. And that became the issue. Yeah. And honestly, that was the bottom line when Simon said, look, man, I can't make any of this work. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having to do things that, that are difficult, that, that, that are challenging even for me as a drummer because I made it that way. I right. wrote that that way because I don't want to just play stupid bullshit. I want to play some things that, that challenge me. But if I have to play that kit, there's no way I'm going to be able to do those challenging things that I've created for myself.
0: Exactly. You know, and, and not to mention the legal ramifications of being endorsed by somebody.
1: Oh yeah. And playing now,
0: another brand. That's.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. We, we have to go anytime that situation happens, there is a way around it. Okay. Yeah. You have to go and what in the TV world, they call it greeking. In other words, you have to put duct tape over every one of those. Yep. Uh, Names. badges that, of, yep. of the music brand that's, that's on the amplifier that's on the drum. You have to Greek it, you know, yep. which, you know, that's one way of doing it. But, sadly i mean why why you know that just means any video that we we happen to capture we can't really use it might get out there on youtube or whatever but you know we go in to our 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 venues with the idea we're gonna videotape everything because who knows it might end up in one of our videos for one of our songs you never know but if it has other brands in it we can't use it
0: yeah exactly you know it's crazy. But you know I can what? Sit here and bitch about all this stuff all day long. <laughs> <laughs> but, and that's that's just it. A lot, you know, the way I try to do the, the next note is, yeah, we're going to talk about your music and stuff, but we're also going to talk about real life. You know, yeah. we're, we're going to, we're going to touch on the things that actually, not to put this a bad way, but matter. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You yeah. know,
0: so and like you know, one of the things we touched on uh, briefly a little bit ago was the the COVID nineteen fires. Oh yeah. This has been a pain in the ass way, way, you know, I mean, we we have, uh, friends that are in the hospital from it. We have friends that have died from it and I'm, I'm sitting there going, if, if if there's a means to the end, let's just get to it.
1: Well, you know, I, and see, I, I agree with you on that and I'm going to get a little political here. Okay. I don't normally like on my, on my Facebook pages. I try to stay away from it as much as possible because I know that it just it, the bottom where it ends up at is always I end up with an enemy instead of a friend. Right. And so I try not to talk about But I'm going to get a little political here just because of where we're at right now. Okay. We're about to go into a new wave of the COVID-19 the, the pandemic. Right. And that's because of this Delta variant. It's fixing to wreak havoc just like the first wave did all over again. And we still have people out there that believe that COVID-19 is a hoax. Right. And I I don't, I'm just like, will you please wake up and smell the coffee? The only reason that they believe it is because they don't have any friends or relatives or people that they know in the hospital dying or already dead. Right. And I do. You do. Mm -hmm. We both have friends that have it, and we both have no people that have died from it. Right. And and so how real does it have to get before you realize that this is not a hoax? This shit is for real. Yeah. And it is taking lives. And if you don't get the vaccine, that just means you're in line to get it and to possibly die.
0: Yeah. And now I... I got the vaccine. Uh, Amy has it. And, you know, I'm just like you. I like to stay away from uh, political as much as possible. Yeah. But I don't care what side of the table you sit on. And right now there's four sides of that table. I don't care where you sit. If getting a shot in the arm, and and this is what will really fuck you up. There's guys with multiple tattoos that go, I'm afraid of needles. Man, fuck off. Yeah, You know? Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, just get the goddamn shot. That's all there is to it. Right. Just just do well, it I mean, and know, get it over with.
1: Okay, when when you were when you're about to go into kindergarten, you and me both. Okay, when we were about to go into kindergarten, how many vaccines did we have to get oh, just to be able to go into school? Right. Okay. It's still the same way. If you don't have all your shots, your yeah. records, they're not going to allow you to go in you might be able to take school online
0: yeah but you're not going to go into a school well, and I mean we're old enough we've still got the you know the round dot with all the holes in it oh you know, yeah in our polio, arm. polio
1: vaccine yeah yeah Dude, I still got the you know I still got the little little dot pattern on my shoulder <laughs> yeah it ain't gonna go away
0: no <laughs> so but you know what I, I didn't get polio either right but now you know a lot of these people get into the whole thing of well you know nobody's dot and i I believe this too. Okay. Nobody's died from pneumonia since this came out. You're right. They haven't because everything everything was screwed up when it came out and every, they listed everything as COVID. Hospitals were yeah, getting yeah. hospitals were getting yeah. in trouble for saying it's COVID so they can get that extra government money for having that patient in there. So,
1: yeah, but also the other side of that is is that a lot of these people had ailments that 5 years ago Weren't an issue, but because they got COVID, it accelerated that situation. Did they die of heart failure? Yes, but it was because they got COVID. Right. So there's those as well. You know what I mean?
0: Well yeah. But now, and like I said, I don't care. I, I, we're not going to get into a political debate with anybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when they said that one kid in Chicago who was shot twelve times died of COVID. No. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Come yeah, on. That's,
1: yeah. That's right.
0: that's that is media trying to scare everybody. Yeah.
1: There's both sides of that. There of is. That. You know. There's. You know. There's. There's both sides. And yeah. You know. I, there again greed greed you know uh i don't think it's right i don't you know why can't we just live in this world and coexist and have wonderful lives all getting along we don't have to all believe the same way politically religiously whatever that doesn't matter what matters is that we live that we actually make it through this freaking pandemic okay yep and that we're just happy in the end. You just want everybody to be happy. Be happy. And and this this is a uh you know, for myself as well. Quit bitching. Right. Stop bitching. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason to bitch that much. Right. You know? Well let's and, just uh find things oh. that make us happy and, and stick with it and go with it.
0: You right. Know? Well and you know it's like I uh, I told a few people that uh the rock and rustin deal that, yeah. That's off. And everybody, the first thing out of their mouth is, oh, because of COVID? I'm like, no, uh, the singer from Firehouse has to have surgery on his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> it has yeah. nothing to do with COVID. But that right. that is such a go-to and an excuse. Yeah. Uh, I know a, I know a guy who wanted to take a couple weeks off from work, so he goes, hey, I tested positive for COVID. Okay, well, you stay home for 10 days. Yeah. I mean, oh, wait a minute, time out. Where's the test result? you know? Yeah. Right. So, it, it, so it, he just wanted to take some time off or did he really have COVID? He wouldn't take time off. Oh but man, come on. I know. I know. And it's like, man, that's a dick move. <laughs> Check this out. Check this out.
1: You know, uh, that my wife and I, you know, beyond the music stuff, we do real estate. Right. We actually buy investment properties. We go in, we fix them up. We do most of the work ourselves. You know, we I hire an electrician so that it's done to code. I hire a plumber right. so that it's done to code. But you know, a lot of the the construction work, the carpentry work, you know, that's all me and her. We do all that stuff. We do all the painting, we fixtures, you know, all that stuff. Oh yeah. So it, you know, it's it's still a lot of work, and it saves us money us doing it. And in the end, you know, we have a nice house, and it's done the way we want it to be done. But you know, we do this so that we can do. Uh, we, we turn them mostly into airbnb some of them we flip right. to get the money but most of them we're keeping to turn into airbnbs that's kind of our our other business you know that yeah. besides music that's what we do but you know right now because there are so many people not going back to work they're uh-huh you know they're sponging off that that money yeah. you know unemployment money whatever it is right. you know we have we have a shortage of inspectors. So we have right now <laughs> we have three houses in the Gatlinburg, uh, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville area of yeah. Tennessee that we're trying to close, but we can't get an inspector because there's a shortage of them, and because there's a shortage of them, their fee is more expensive.
0: Yeah, and now you you're know till what September? I saw Melanie's post. That's where we're. That's where we're at, dude. <laughs> Sons of September. bitches. yeah
1: i'm like are you kidding me you you motherfuckers get back to work goddamn!
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) if if it's only if it's only that easy you know but so many people just they're milking shit let's not oh yeah you know you
1: you know all through the entire pandemic i was working dude through through six through the first six months of it i was in georgia basically working on one of our houses. I mean, it was a old historic home. It took us six months to get that thing ready. You know, we, we were wearing our mask, you know, yeah. when we, when we were out and about in the city, when we would go to eat or, you know, grab food, we didn't actually, they, they weren't allowing people to go into restaurants right. or anything, but we would have to go and grab food. Uh, and you know, when we would go to Lowe's or home Depot, you know, wearing your mask, doing everything that we needed to do, right? Uh, to be safe, but I was working through it. You know, uh, a lot of my friends didn't get to because they basically were furloughed; they could not go to work. Now, right. that's a different story. Yeah. You know, but now things are opened back up. Get your ass back to work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Go on, get. This is America. <laughs> This is America. We don't do that shit.
0: <laughs> You're not wrong, man.
1: But, well, I mean, I, I lived. I lived through it. I saw it, man. I saw how many people weren't yeah. working, you know, and, and how many people were fur- furloughed. And then when they were allowed to go back, I saw how many didn't go back. And I was like, "Come on, man."
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, we we
1: all worked together to make this whole thing yeah. work. Like, you know, you know. If you're not working, that means somebody else is having to do your job for you, which means there's less people in the workforce getting the things taken care of that needs to get
0: taken care of. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But, you know, uh, talking about Airbnb and stuff like that. uh Okay, so, you know, a lot of people know me as going to concerts and acting goofy behind a microphone saying, hey, look what I can do, you know, and all that stupid shit and my radio show and stuff like that. Yeah, the cool stuff. You're right. So the fun stuff. me and Amy have been talking about, uh, she, you know, she just got her teaching certificate. Uh, yeah. so she's doing that. And we've been talking about doing an, an Airbnb ourselves, but yeah. we're doing a spin on it so that it's for uh rock stars.
1: Oh dude. See, and, and, and Melanie, my wife, who, who I mean, she's a broker. That's what she does is yeah. real estate. She's a broker in real estate. Business, um, I mean, she'll tell you that themed Airbnbs—they're
0: the ones that make the most money. Well, but see, that's just it. It's not a theme thing. Uh, say, just to pull an, uh, somebody out of my head. Say, uh, Mark Kendall wants to get away and just write yeah. for you know. A oh, week. I see where you're going. With yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Well, we'd have a full studio available, and actually, I've got the place in mind. It, it's a the studio would be built in this old. Stone Church. Uh-huh. Right. So I mean it's got the high rafters and the whole nine yards. It sounds incredible in there. Right. So there would be an actual full recording studio with a house attached to it. Yeah. On, yeah. on hundred that, acres.
1: That's a, that's a that's a great idea. Actually, I I got to I got to do that one time. Uh do you know who Chris Sangarides is? not honestly no okay he's he's a producer and he's known for doing the some of the latter black sabbath albums okay. that didn't have ozzy in it yeah he also did thin, thin lizzie he did you know a british guy okay? yeah and he he did like thin lizzie's uh uh what, what, the, the, the black uh, rose and right I, 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 he didn't do chinatown i don't think but i think he did thunder and uh, thunder uh yeah thunder and lightning their right. last their last one uh he did he did a lot of, of of bands you know uh of that of that era and that genre anyway i got to do uh do a, a guest vocal with a greek guitarist who was recording with him i flew in to uh where, where the hell was that It was right outside of london uh, dover you know the, the cliffs yeah, of dover yeah i'm telling you his recording studio was right there i mean you could walk uh you know huh. an eighth of a mile and you would be right there at the the cliffs i mean you could look off the cliffs into the ocean oh. anyway but he he had the same kind of thing he had like bunk a bunker uh that was kind of attached so that when artists would come in they would stay you know, bunk beds, multiple right. rooms with bunk beds, that kind of thing. So that's kind of the same idea, but you know, you're obviously gonna do it a little, a little more. I mean, it's a little more grand. I mean, his yeah. studio wasn't even that big. The bunker was, you know, it's a bunker. You know, it was right. a, basically just a place to to stay. You, it had a kitchen in it. You know, and bunk beds, and you know, yeah. and eating room, and you know, a, a shooter. <laughs> you know, right. you know, so the but, and it was cool. <laughs> Yeah, it was cool because dude, I got to record with, you know, Chris Sangerides, you know, right. one of one of He's produced some of my most favorite records ever, you right. know. Right, So that was cool. But yeah, dude, your idea is kind of like that but on a grander scale.
0: Yeah. Well, I I, I told him it's like, you know, th- I said this is going to take us like 5 million to do this. It's yeah, just, that's a lot what? of money. I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to have a PV console. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. no. She's like, "What's a PV console?" I'm like, "Sweetheart, just go back to teaching." <laughs> well, no, 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 no.
1: Don't you have you have to admit that, that the teachers, the teachers, the health health take the healthcare industry. These are the heroes of our time. Oh you know? God, yes. These are the people that are keeping our world rolling right
0: now yeah you know yeah. The,
1: the 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 food preparers the, all these people that we have taken for granted right oh man Dude, they
0: are our heroes right now you know, you know? i it, it's like i tell people when i go to mcdonald's or i go to taco bell and trust me you've met me i'm fat i can admit it it's cool i know i go eat fast food i'm, I I'm thankful i'm so thankful that person is there to do that oh yeah because they, they don't didn't have, have to. they don't
1: have to be They, they, they could be another one of those people that are,
0: did I lose the damn government? No, I'm, I'm here. Yeah,
1: exactly. They could be another one of those people that are, that are not working that, that could be working and probably should be working, you
0: know? Right. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, you know, and I, I love the innocence. I, I, I've never been around somebody who had the innocence of the music industry. And I mean, my, my daughter, uh both my daughters and my son, they have a little bit of idea of about the music industry, but Amy came into this completely blind. She had no idea. She she's a fan of Billy Joel. She's a fan of this person and getting her to meet, uh, you guys. And she's met, uh, the guys in great white and, and yep. other bands. She's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, well, that's just how this rolls. And I said, they're all just, <laughs> they're all just great human beings. And I said, trust me, if they're not a cool human being, they're not in my phone. She's yeah. really. I'm like, yeah. And she she'll get a kick out of it because every now and then, uh, I'll get a text from Mitch Malloy, hey, how you doing? And she's yeah. like, how does this happen? I'm like, well, it's it's music, man. And a, is, we're a giant yeah. family.
1: It is. It is a giant family. You know, one of the things that that uh, I always, to me, is the greatest gift that I could ever get by being in the music industry is i get to go to all these places all over the world and play but not only play i get to meet people i have friends i have people that i've known for you know tens you know a decade decades right from across the seas they're like my best friends you know we talk on a regular basis you know one of my best friends is lives in Greece. That's one of my Athens yeah. is one of my favorite cities in the world. You know, you get, you get to meet and and associate with, with people that you wouldn't be able to, it wouldn't happen in any other type of industry.
0: Oh, you're right. You know, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the thing with music is, is it's, it is global. Uh, yeah. a, a football player is a different species in Mexico. They yeah, play soccer yeah. in Mexico and they call it football. Right. Well, exactly. Everywhere in the world, it's a different meaning for different things. But you say rock and roll, you say country western, you say whatever. If it's music, everybody's like, yeah, yeah. It's universal, exactly. Yeah, so it's true. That is true. <laughs> well, anyways, yeah, man, at- I've, I've burned up uh, almost an hour of your time today, man. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we can go as long as you want because. <laughs>
1: Like when it's you and I, this is great
0: conversation. It is, it is, and so many people. Uh, I, I I I interviewed one person, and he was just really, just all over the place, and trying just trying to get stuff in, trying to get stuff in. I'm like, dude, I've got all day to do this. I mean, I might take a smoke break every now and then, but that's about it. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. And, you know, once you get somebody comfortable, then that's when. It, it, the, the, the real magic happens. And, right. And that's why I try to convey to people my, my podcast is not about, hey, you know, let's talk about how crazy things got in 1987 when you were at blah, blah, <laughs> No, dude, let's, let, dude, let's talk about the Airbnbs you guys are doing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> me and Stephen Gaines, <laughs> I love Stephen. <laughs> yeah. Me and him were talking in a Next thing you know, we're going on and on about model railroading. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So
1: it's like now you're talking about Tim's brother, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's awesome. He is. I love that he's guy. He's great. He's a great guy.
0: But yeah, I I don't know. You know, Tim and Steve, all all these people. When you start getting to know everybody, you you uh, lose the stardom thing. And, yeah okay yeah. so a, as a guitarist myself there are songs i refuse to learn because it'll take away that magic from me right and right uh so many people don't understand that i, I got offered to be in a cover band and they're like they're like hey we're gonna do this song this song i'm like i won't do this song this song this song because i can't they're like you can't yeah. play it i was like no it's not that i can't play it it's i don't want to lose the awe factor of that yeah Right, right. And right. Pe- people don't get that, but it's like, man, I I got to stay true to what I believe. Yeah. So. <laughs> right.
1: Well, you know, one of the things over the past 10 years, Melanie and I, we've gone through a little bit of a metamorphosis, and we've gotten to this, this ideology of YOLO. You only live once. Right. So your life has to be what you want it to be. You know, mm-hmm. you, if you're not happy with it, there's only one person that's going to be able to change it for you and that's you, you exactly. know, exactly. so we, we've just gotten to this point where, I mean, we're not going to do anything or associate ourselves with anything or put in any energy into anything that we can't feel YOLO about. There you, you know? go,
0: man. And so, well, it, you know, uh, my music tastes are all over the board. But right. I'll, I'll be honest with you, man, a band that I'm really getting into right now is ghost. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah they're I, a good I, band. I'm not a Satanist. I don't believe in that. I love King diamond, but I'm not a Satanist either, <laughs> right. you know?
1: but you have to admit- King, King diamond. Was, he was at my wedding. <laughs> oh
0: man. Are you kidding me?
1: Oh, no, I'm not kidding. I, at the time, Melanie and his, his wife at the time, her name was Deborah. Um, they were like really good friends and, and King, <laughs> King lives. He lives in frisco which is just north of dallas so he would he would come to you know venues quite often to watch a band play so you know he was a uh, he was there we right. saw him we we he, but but deborah and, and melanie were good enough friends she invited them to our wedding he's like you know i'll, I'll come man but do I have to dress up? I said, <laughs> you're, you're king. You're the king. You wear whatever the fuck you want to. Right. And my, I don't care. I don't care. You know, of course, my family's very Christian religious. Right. You know, I came from a very, very, strict, <laughs> you know, and I was like, it's the king. It's my wedding. He's here. I'm glad he's here. Right. You know, I made sure the DJ played some King Diamond, you know, <laughs> during our reception. Are you kidding? You
0: know? <laughs> but yeah, and, and that's just it. You know, somebody like King Diamond who is an admitted Satanist, he's he's done all this, is such a nice guy.
1: Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. And and, and it's just it's just your religious beliefs and how you want right your life your life to be. You know, and I just like him. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna preach at him for the way he believes or the way he lives. It's not exactly the way I believe or the way I live, he he doesn't preach at me. Right. You know, we, we actually, the four of us went to go see Marilyn Manson together and there was, uh, it, uh, you know, there was a scene where all these angels were on, uh, were impaled. Right. And he, he was like, what do you think about that man? You know? And I was mm-hmm. like, I just think it's a very, very powerful statement about the war between good and evil, you know, which is basically right. what I told you, you know, it, uh, he's, he doesn't, He's never pushed his ideology on me, and I've never pushed mine on his. And and I can't say that we're great friends, but we've got to hang out. You know, right. we've done some shit together. You know,
0: and that's awesome, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he's just a cool dude, man. Anytime yeah. you get the opportunity to hang out with King Diamond, it's just like Nonny James deal. You better, you better take <laughs> advantage of. it. Exactly,
0: know? and and you know, uh, I live in north, well, kind of northeast of Dallas, and yeah. I cannot believe all the rock stars that are in this area.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like, because I mean, I went to a grocery store in uh, Wiley. We we was going through and I stopped to get something. And there's the former guitar player of Danger Danger checking in the checkout line. I'm like, are you Andy? Are you Andy Simmons? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. Oh yeah, he. I mean, and that's his home. You know, that's where really? he lives. Now check this out. Check this out. Okay. You know, you know who Drowning Pool is, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Now Stevie, their bass player, but you know, before he, before they ever came up with Drowning Pool, he and I were roommates. He was really? he was one of my best men in my wedding. Uh, so the the actual best man and he and I, we all lived together. We 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 lived in an apartment together. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you know there's so many rock stars in Dallas. You wouldn't even, you know, you wouldn't even realize it. You oh, know, yeah. one of the, you know, one of the th- things, so I you know, I had these guys, you know, people I've lived, I lived in Dallas Melanie and I were there, you know, all of our children were born in Dallas. And then after our last one was born, she was about to go into kindergarten. That's when we moved to California just because we were looking for something different. Right. We had been in Dallas all of our lives. And so, uh, you know, it actually came about that we we made our our plan to do so to move to california because our middle child and i had gotten the opportunity to be on a vh1 tv show called i know my kid's a star okay okay so we came out to california to do that show i mean we were we were only here about three weeks before they kicked us off the show and then we (laughs) were back to dallas but then you know my kids started getting opportunities to come and try out for movies and do auditions and do all that and it was getting real expensive you know flying out and doing that you know driving out whatever we would do to get her out there to do those things we just decided let's just move out there that way we're there we had found where we wanted to live that was going to have high school that was attached to college so that they could you know get college credits while still in high school that sort of thing you know there's there was all these pluses to us moving out to california but where was i going with this (laughs) all the stars (laughs) in texas oh yeah yeah oh what i wanted to say what i wanted to say is the bottom line to all this was then we started going out to you know, sunset boulevard and hitting the you know the the, the venues oh, and yeah. checking out the rock places and any given night on a tuesday night you could go see a band and in the band would be a bona fide rock star you know who played with a much bigger band but yep. this was like his side project or whatever right i mean that happened so much i mean we just loved it because any night of the week you could go see I mean, quality, right.
0: quality musicians up on that stage,
1: you
0: know. And, you know, down here in, in, in the Texas, uh, Dallas area, it's it's so cool because so many bands come through here. It, yeah. Th- this, is, this is major stomping ground for uh, a tour. And you yeah. am like, well, hell yeah, bring it on, man. <laughs> you know? Right,
1: right. Well, you know, it always has been. I remember when I first started playing out, uh, like 80, 84 was my first, you know, the first band that I had that played out into the nightclubs in Dallas and all that. And, you know, back then the clubs were the Ritz rock and roll and Matt Lee's and, uh, the basement had just started up about that time. Uh, you know, all these, they were what I considered legendary venues from the Dallas, Fort Worth area. Right. But, you know, uh, it was just a great scene. And, you know, we always heard, well, San Antonio is the heavy metal capital of Texas. And I was like, bullshit. Cause here I am <laughs> Wednesday night at the Ritz rock and roll. And there's Lemmy and motorhead playing pool. You know, right.
0: <laughs> so, you know, you can say what you want, but <laughs> and a lot of people don't realize that um, a lot of the big stars would come to, uh, these outskirting cities of Dallas yeah and, and get a room and just hang out and go to shows in Dallas and or, or go play pool or whatever because right let's face it man, the the nicest people you'll ever meet in the world are in this area yeah well and you know another thing is the we, we have some pretty good studios
1: oh yeah uh, you know, recording studios so those guys would come into town and they would record. So you know they were hanging out, whatever you yeah. know. Exactly, man. Well, you yeah. know what,
0: dude, <laughs> I've yeah, had I've yeah, had so much fun. I've hey, dude,
1: s- you know I love you, but hey, we're we're past that hour mark, <laughs> right?
0: Now it's gonna start costing me. <laughs> but you know when when it when it comes to uh, personable people, you're definitely up there. You know, in my top two with, you know, number one being Zach Wild, because he's just, you know, he's the berserker, oh, yeah. man. So yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that can
0: quit drinking like he did and still maintain a sense of humor.
1: Oh, hey, <laughs> hey, you know, and all that, you know, all that drink, being in Aussie's van, I understand that.
0: <laughs> oh, God, you'd have to. You'd have to drink just a Coke. Oh, oh man. <laughs> you know, all the
1: craziness that has always surrounded Aussie's camp, you know, it's yeah. Just,
0: Always been that way. Absolutely. So, anyways, so let's get back to the, the the meat of the the potatoes here. When of gods and monsters come to your town, man, you got to go check these guys out. It's an it's an incredible show. Number one, number two, you get to hear some incredible vocals, incredible guitar work, massive drumming, and a thump and bass that will just blow your eardrums out. What more can you say about it? yeah i think you you've described it you know i think that's
1: that's it you know that's what i love about the lineup that we have going on and and the music that we've created is just if if i could be a fan i would be a fan you know what i'm saying as the singer i'm a certain amount of a fan just because of the guys i'm working with right but wow uh, you know i'm i'm just humbled to get to be a part
0: of this with these guys doing what we're doing exactly yeah so hey you guys have a facebook page you have a website uh of gods and monsters it's not hidden anywhere there's no hidden agenda it's just awesome metal (laughs) yeah check it out go on youtube and check out the music and if you like it buy the album yeah Yeah. please do (laughs) any band you like
1: you should buy their album because you know yeah uh, nobody's making a million dollars off of selling music anymore no, not even not. metallica <laughs> you know it's just not happening that way anymore so if you like the music please spend
0: the money because the bands appreciate it i know we do yeah absolutely all right brother well i'm gonna let you go and all uh, right i'll see you next time you're in dallas man cool bro hopefully we'll get to hook up uh sooner than later